Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Every youth can be a success story if they're given the right opportunity and support. Therefore, I think it's important to journey with them through their ups and downs and to always believe in them. Melting Pot recently collaborated with Tribe, which is a social service agency in Singapore, who are advocates for youth facing adversities, presenting a very special season nine, the Tribe series. The Tribe series is conversations with inspiring young social and youth workers from the agency, and episodes are available on all podcast streaming platforms and on YouTube. To listen, share, and support in whatever way you can, it motivates us to bring you a lot more heartwarming stories from across the globe. Support for this series comes from GIG International School, Singapore, and the GIG Professional Development Center, part of the prestigious CIA group, who promote innovation and experiential study techniques for nurturing independent learners, be it students or be it teachers. Explore their offerings even as they continue to set standards in pedagogy, teacher training, and future skills development. Hi, today I'm in conversation with Esther Chen. Esther is senior social worker and and she heads casework and the counseling department for the tribe. Thank you so much for joining me today, Esther. Hello, Fayo. So Esther, what is tribe and you know the mission, the vision, and also what's the tree team structure? Wow, okay. So Tribe is an organization that works with youth, mostly youth at risk. And um, really, our, our mission is to see every youth become a success story. And when we say success story, we're looking at successes being defined by themselves, not by how, you know, their social worker or their family may define it, but, you know, them being able to carve out a, you know, a future for themselves, something that is within some kind of, you know, norms, as long as, you know, they're not like engaging in antisocial behaviours. Uh, uh, that's really our goal, right, to see, see young people thrive and become the best versions of themselves. Team structure. So Tribe mm-hmm. um, has basically run some, quite a number of services. The service where I'm based that is in the Singapore Boys Hostel. And so basically it's an institution that houses probationers, so boys who have been placed on a court order to reside within an institution and uh, basically undergo some rehabilitation back into, into the community because of 
some offences that they have committed. We have a community arm that also has several services. They have one that is involved in the rehab and reintegration of youth offenders. The other one is an outreach and intervention service. So that's where they deal with youths who present with challenging issues. Raffles may come in from you know, uh, the school or based on outreach efforts, the workers, they identify youths who may be in need of some kind of support. Yeah, so we do have quite a varied team in terms of um, the types of professionals that are on the team, mostly social workers working with the youths. But, you know, in hostel, we also have care staff. So these staff are the, are the ones who are really in contact with the boys 24-7. Uh, they take care of the boys' basic needs, such as their living environment, making sure that they've got enough to eat, ensuring that their programs, their, their day is filled with engagement. So, you know, boys who go to school, ensuring that they get to school on time, that they are going for all their other activities outside of school or within the hostel. We also have youth workers who then uh, engage the boys outside of all these activities when they get back from school or when they get back from work. And youth workers also run some skills-based programs with the boys to help them to regulate their emotions, make better decisions. That's often quite, quite extensive, I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like it. So I was actually going to ask you the difference between a caseworker, a youth worker and a social worker. But mm. I think you've sort of, at least the role of a youth worker, you've already explained. Mm. So what would be the difference between a social worker and mm. a caseworker? What are the, I mean, do they need to have similar qualifications mm. or different qualifications and what exactly is their role? Right. Okay, so in some agencies, social worker and caseworker are used interchangeably, mostly because perhaps the individual may come from a different uh, training background. So of course, a social worker will be trained in social work. A caseworker may have perhaps been trained in psychology or counselling, uh, but performs the functions of case management. So, so this is where it gets a bit technical. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> because, yeah. yeah, yeah, because I mean, you can't, call, I mean, if I'm a psychologist, I wouldn't want to be called a social worker. So, <laughs> so, so by and large, these, these terms are, are used interchangeably, but mostly their, their, their functions are similar, at least within the hostel. So the social worker would then be looking into working with the family and the boy as an individual. And what they're looking at is also to ensure that the boy is engaged in pro-social activities. So oftentimes, when the boy comes in, we, you know, we're looking at, you know, does this boy have poor or negative peer associations that we need to address, you know? Does he need to be linked up with a network to gain support from people who will encourage him to stay away from a life of crime? Does he need to be engaged in activities that do not compromise his safety or or cause him to, you know, be associating with people who may need him to commit more crime. And then, of course, it's also about working with the families because oftentimes these boys also come from backgrounds where perhaps there are ruptures in the family relationship. A lot of trust may have been broken. And so then there is that, that process of repairing and restoring some of these relationships within the family system. Social workers also work with employers, with schools, and also with the probation officers to ensure that you know everything's going on track, that 
case plans are being followed, the interventions are going as, as planned. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, that's very well-defined roles for each segment of people. How do you identify the youth? Do they, does the family approach you? Do you get approached differently? I mean, how is it that you would have say, a particular youth getting enrolled or becoming a part of your program? There must be some methodology to it, am I right? Uh, well, actually, there isn't quite a methodology per se because all these boys are here on a court order. So this oh, is I not... Okay. Yeah, yeah. So our institution is not an institution where, you know, a family can say, please take my kid because I can't, I can't deal with him. <laughs> he must have had commit something severe enough in order for him to be picked up by the juvenile justice system and within that system he must have been assessed to to be not suitable to be placed at home for you know variety of reasons sometimes it's because his peer associations are so negative to the point where if he doesn't you know get doesn't get placed in a more structured environment there's very little chance of him being rehabilitated sometimes it's also about the the home environment you know um some, some of these boys come from families that have a lot of stresses or they have very what we call high needs. So parents' priorities are often stretched uh, and having to be in many places. And so dealing with some of the behaviours that the youth presents can be challenging for them. And then the court may decide, okay, let's place this boy in an institution while he and while he works on you know being rehabilitated. This is where the social workers come in too, because then we're looking at the family system and saying, okay, you know what's what's going on here? How do we you know help sort things out a bit to reduce some of the stresses, to to address some of the needs that the family may have, so that they can better uh, supervise their child. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. So typically, what would be the duration from the, I mean, on an average, from the time that a youth comes to you and to the point where he gets rehabilitated? So generally, what is a typical length of time for that to happen? Or or do you have like specifications as to, you know, the fact that you would be there for the youth for a period of one year or it could extend longer depending on the need of the youth because mm. I guess every case would be unique in a sense. Yeah you're right in that every case is unique however because their length of stay is also guided by legislation so the maximum stay that they can have in the hostel is 12 months so usually most boys come in for a period of 12 months see some boys only being ordered for a period of six months or nine months so usually what happens is that just a few months before the boy is about to be discharged we we link them up with our colleagues from the rehab and reintegration side of things to place them on a uh, program like an aftercare program and that's where our colleagues over there then you know beyond the 12 months where the boy is in in the hostel he continues to have support uh, okay. outside of hostel yeah okay okay so I mean um, have you in terms of the reintegration of the boys into society it is that hard you know both what kind how do you see it in your experience, how have you seen it sort of happen, it, the progress of it? 
you're talking about, you know, whether or not the... Of the youth that yeah. come out of the boys' hostel, them to get reintegrated into society as in, you know, maybe go back to their families or find employment. How hard is it for that process to happen? You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me, Pyle, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. Actually, I think that oftentimes the reintegration to their activities is it, it's a fairly, well, I wouldn't say it's entirely smooth, but because after these boys, when they come in, they're also engaged in some kind of activity. Like, you know, they may already be school going, but perhaps their attendance isn't very regular. Right. Uh, but upon coming into hostel, you know, there is structure, they need to comply to certain conditions of their order, uh, then, you know, we start to see attendance improve, performance in school, of course, then, some, you know, does pick up. So I would say those aspects are not so difficult. It's more, I guess, for them, often it's also about shaking off some of these, perhaps some of the labels that have been put on them, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and, and yeah. trying to make sense of, you know, where they were before they were placed in hostel and then, you know, who do they want to be? How, what sort of futures do they envision for themselves? Do they have enough skills and resources in order to make that happen? I think that's where the art field climb is for a lot of the boys. And so, which is why actually the period that we spend in the hostel is so crucial because, you know, the types of activities that they get exposed to, get, they get an opportunity to be engaged in, all that can... Um, provide I guess some some perspective for them you know like oh you know I, I'm good at this or you know I actually have an interest in this area and maybe this is something that I want to pursue and that's where then you know doors can open for them yeah and, yes. yeah, and then um, basically it's uh, I think two things that I pick up from what you're saying is one is that it gives them an opportunity to something that they may not have thought about earlier gives them an opportunity to actually explore their mind and see you know there could be some interests that they it never occurred to them that Mm. they may have that's one and two you know there's a structure which probably they haven't had and you know which has led up to all of what they've been involved in so Mm. it just giving them that direction and the sense of self I think is probably what it gets uh, provided to them. I mean, that's my understanding of yeah. what you're, what you know, what you've been saying. So yeah, yeah, you're right in that there is a top, a lot of attending to the self of the boy, right? Like, who is yeah. this boy? What's he interested in? Yeah. What's his background like? You know, are there things about his past that need to be uh, explored further and to help him to make sense of, or to help him to heal, yeah. uh, in order for him to get ahead in life yeah yeah no that's that that's I mean it's amazing what the tribe is doing and I'd be really interested to know how you got involved in this in you know with the tribe so I got involved with tribe sometime about maybe a year and a half ago and um, basically I've been a social worker for like has it been maybe six 15 16 years And and this whole time, I've just been working a lot with people and children and families. So you were working independently? Uh, No, I've I've worked with several other agencies. Several other agencies, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So 
yeah, when I was looking for, for new areas of work, I noticed that the hostel was looking out for social worker. And I thought, hey, you know, this is this is a place where a lot of my past experience um, would become relevant. Um, mostly because I had also worked in a, a child protection setting for quite a number of years. And uh, during my time there, I also saw how a lot of young people uh, and a lot of children um, who were in the system, they later on became... I guess they continued to be part of the system because they got involved with behaviors that you know got them into trouble, and and so I saw I saw the opportunity to to work with young youth offenders as a way of also getting them to have perspective about their backgrounds, you know, to be able to take that lens and say, hey, you know, this is the kind of environment I grew up in. This is what's happened to me as a young person. I've done some things, and you know, to help them gain some perspective and to in some ways, have a bit more compassion for themselves, you know, to, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to not be so hard on themselves and, and to, to be able to say, you know, I, I, I deserve to give myself a chance and I deserve my, to give myself uh, an opportunity to do well. Yeah, so that's how I got involved. I thought, you know, this would be a great place to, to help young people yeah, kind of reframe their experiences as a young person. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. So is that something that, you know, because you've obviously been doing this for over, like you mentioned, 15, 16 years, is it something that you always wanted to do? And and is that why you studied social work? Or what inspired inspired you personally to become a part of this you know because it's a very it's very intense and obviously when you see someone when you start engaging with someone and then you see it through it must be a very humbling and at the same time gratifying experience Mm. so to answer the first part of your question how I got involved in social work was when I uh first left school in my early 20s, I actually wanted to become a teacher, <laughs> but teaching school didn't want me, so <laughs> yeah, actually, I mean, on hindsight, I always say that it's a good thing, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, so teaching school didn't want me, and I, I was just kind of like thinking to myself, okay, you know, like what are some other jobs I could explore, and I, then I worked in an after-school care for a short period of time and it was there where I saw like the needs of the community. You know, There were a lot of kids who were being placed in after-school care who came from really, really complicated backgrounds. And every day after school, they would come in and they would have like so many stories to say about what was happening in their homes yeah. or in the environments that they were part of. And I thought to myself, hmm, you know, what else can be done for these kids? And so then I started to look around and I decided, hey, you know, maybe social work would be something interesting for me to, to study and to explore. Uh, and so that's how I got started. So I, then I took up my social work degree. And ever since then, it's just been a great fit for me. I mean, uh, it's in line with a lot of what I believe in as a person. Yeah, um, so you basically yeah. found your calling. Yeah. Yeah, which is so incredible. I mean, you know, and for you to continue to do all the good work, again, like I said, must be really, it must be very fulfilling. And yeah, I, it's it's been so incredible talking to you, Esther. Thank you for your time. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much, Payal. Yeah, you take care and mm. keep up the good work. Thanks. <laughs> All right, thank you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
For more weekly conversations, do listen to Melting Pot on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. Follow us on YouTube and on Instagram at Podcast Melting Pot. So until the next episode, this is Pyle signing off. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 